Oh, man, here we go for the big old Thursday show. Let's go. Got to get into the 250s finally on a Thursday. And where do you start? You start at the top. That's where you start. And the top of that heap is Hunter Evan Lawrence. Dude is effing unbeatable. I'm telling you, last week, I'm not going to lie, I was getting bored with the pro motocross season. I, I already was. I'm like, man, it's the third round. The Lawrence brothers are dominating. It's it's getting a little boring. And Moto's like, what are you talking about? Remember, Moto is a purist of the sport. And I'm like, no, dude, I need excitement. I need, you know, something. I need drama. I need, I need anything. Or I need action. And we've got a lot of good news since then. Kenny Roxon is coming back to the 450s to race this weekend. And Kenny's damn good at outdoor. Don't be surprised if he's not on the podium or winning. Then we got news today that Jason Anderson's back on the bike, which means as soon as he gets dialed in, he'll be back out there. I know uh, Phil Nicoletti's going to be out there. Like, just There's just more people coming back around, and that's good. That's what we need right now for the outdoor season. So exciting to get into High Point this weekend and see what happens, see where the chips fall. See if anybody can touch Jet. The dude is undefeated, hasn't lost a moto, anything less than first place since he moved up to the 450s. It's, it's very impressive. That dude is very, very impressive. We're looking at how big like Eli Tomac is right now. I'm telling you, Jet Lawrence is, what, 18 years old? Is, is he 19 yet? I mean, I, I'm not sure, but either way, the kid is impressive as F already, and... We'll see what he does in the long list. If he stays healthy, going to be a beast with a lot of wins under his belt. A lot, a lot of wins. It'll be interesting to see where all that falls out as uh, Jet Lawrence comes around to, like, the age of 30. All right. Uh, on the show today, I have uh, more stretch random talk. This I have a, a segment that won't be on the podcast today but will be on the show and that's coming up that's because i tried to do it yesterday on the show and it was all out of whack and the music was too loud and you couldn't hear it so i redid that completely but i won't play it it kind of ran in the podcast already so long story short that segment will not be in the podcast but you will hear hunter lawrence coming up in moments and then right after that on the podcast everyone will hear the UFO stories of the day. The government is getting together and doing what the government does. Conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, let's go! Because they are kabosh, 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 kabosh on all of our recent UFO stories, and there's a lot of sea suckers involved. It's not just the shady government. It's NASA. NASA's in on it in one of these, and, and like, man, it rubs me the wrong way. But we'll get into the, both of those stories in one big UFO segment. Uh, outside of that, I have many other stories. Like, how about a what the Florida story that's just, it's just Florida. And then this, anything I tell you about Florida is just going to, oh yeah, that's Florida. Well, of course, Stretch. Except in Florida, what do you expect? So I got one of those stories for, for that ass today. And then I have... Uh, Wow, I've got a couple that are going to go to jail. And it's, they're going to, yeah, it's it's weird. It's really, really weird. They are, uh, uh, well, I don't even want to tell you what they're charged with yet. 
but it's macabre, let's just say. And they're going to go to jail. They got an indictment. I got a crazy dude in Belgium that did like a TikTok stunt. Like, at some point, there needs to be boundaries. Like, all right, I get that you live your life for, you know, social media adapt, but the fact that you are traumatizing people in the process, eh, there should be something. There should be some consequences for this. I'm not going to believe what this guy did. It's like straight up douche move. And then we'll get into that fun little what the Florida story. It's going to be a good day. It's a Thursday. Tomorrow is Friday. That means last chance radio. By the way, I think Kawasaki listens to us because I think they hear Jason saying last chance Kawasaki. And they came out with a new bike this week that's badass. I got a breakdown on it in the Moto Minute. So sit tight. Coming up next, Hunter Lawrence, HRC Honda, right here on the 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. All right, huge news coming from Kawasaki. They introduced a brand new KX450 this week, and it's the first new bike they have made since 2018. With people thinking Kawasaki and Suzuki are going to get completely out of the game, they're just going to fade on out. They've reinvested and came big. And speaking of big, the engine is the big part. They say rather than rideability, they went all about horsepower and engine and really beefed this big old 450 up. And another thing that's really cool is smartphone connectivity. You hear about it with the Yamahas, and now if you get the new KX450, you will be able to tune your engine mappings right from an app on your phone. You could also adjust the Kawasaki traction control from your phone. It's pretty cool. People are really excited about this bike. My only fear is every time there's a new bike, it takes about a year to dial it in before the riders get used to it, and they usually have a setback year. However, this bike has already been on the track over in the MXGP with Roman Febvar, and he's been doing pretty damn well on it, so they may not have that lull on this Kawasaki. Look for it in stores this November with a price tag of $10,400. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49, it is a Stretch show, and right now we are sitting down with Mr. Hunter Lawrence from the HRC Honda team, something we have done after every single one of the rounds of the Pro Motocross championship series because he wins every damn one of them and he's fast as hell out there but uh hunter it seems like that track today was giving everybody some problems it it usually is a little different i guess they're changing the soil on it a lot and it, i'm from what i I'm, understand it was a little slippery out there tell us what you thought of the track conditions today even though uh, you didn't slow you down you still managed to get away with the overall win yeah, it was good. It was a really tricky track compared to last year with how much moisture is underneath the dirt, you know. So the bumps and all the ruts had a lot of just like super soft, spongy areas, which yeah. made it tough. It just grabbed the bike a lot. But no, happy to get out of here with a win and yeah. um, can't complain too much. All right. And are you beating yourself up over not getting a 1-1 yet? Or are you just like, dude, I don't care. I get the overall win, whatever it takes to win, and we move on. No, for sure. I mean, everyone wants a 1-1, right? But, I mean, hey, we take it. Just uh, keep, 
keep putting ourselves in good positions and um yeah it'll be what it'll be all right and, and how was that track out there for you again you know they're mixing uh, wood chips and manure in to make it uh, apparently making it softer and softer and it, it made it very slippery today so what was your take on this track again today I think it's good we've got so much diversity in our series because, <laughs> yeah. you know, a champion should be the best all-rounded rider. So yeah. I think it's good. You know, Parler and Hangtown are similar but different in their own unique ways. And, yeah, the yeah. wood chips here definitely throw a curveball, especially in the morning when it's yeah. it's wet, you know, because it's it's you look at the dirt and you're like, oh, there's so much grit, but it's actually quite slippery when there's yeah. moisture in it. So, um yeah, I mean, they're doing what they can do to just keep changing it up and stuff. But, yeah, I'm sure it's tough. They said they had a lot of rain the past few months to, to work the track and have any dry dirt to work the, you know, wet stuff into. All right, well, we're heading to a completely different track next week, which is High Point out on the East Coast, the first East Coast race. Uh, what's your take on High Point? Are you excited about it? Is it one of your favorite tracks? How do you feel about the, that track we're heading to? Uh, it's definitely, definitely pretty high up there. The Country Club yeah. of Motocross. It's <laughs> a beautiful place. Yeah. First East, uh, East Coast race, so it's good. Um, yeah, someone asked me the other day, what's your favorite track? And it's yeah. like tough to pick a favorite track because <laughs> the outdoors are, are so, such a suffer fest. So yeah. a lot of them are like, you know, this track, oh, it's a cool app, but oh, it's always so hot and stuff, you know, but it's definitely up there for sure. All right, Hunter. Well, congratulations on a great ride again today, on an overall win again today to you, your brother, the HRC Honda team. I mean, you guys are looking unfreaking stoppable out there. Uh, I'll see you next week at High Point. We'll see if you can get that 1 1. Best of luck to you in uh, achieving that. Thanks for your time today. We appreciate it. I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. The man urged. It really sucks to be an Oakland sports fan because some city takes one of your sports teams inevitably because, well, your town sucks, it's a massive ghetto, and they won't spend any money to keep a sports team. Let's take the latest example, the Oakland A's. They're getting ready to head to Nevada just like the Raiders did. You know why? Because they voted to approve a $380 million taxpayer-funded baseball stadium right on the Las Vegas Strip, and no one in Oakland could get anything figured out over the course of years. The fans are irate, so much so that they showed up in force for a live protest at the A's game this week. 27,000 people, that's about half the capacity of the stadium. The biggest crowd they've had this year of people that stood there and just booed and chanted, sell the team about the owner who's gonna laugh all the way to the bank when he moves that team to Vegas. Speaking of Las Vegas, they just got a damn Stanley Cup victory this week. I didn't even know that was going on. That's how out of touch I am with hockey, but the Golden Knights, the Las Vegas Golden Knights just won their first ever Stanley Cup and the town is going crazy. A lot of celebrities in town partying with them. So congratulations to Vegas on a Stanley Cup championship. I hope the Raiders never get one, but maybe the Oakland A's will bring you one at some point. My good news for UPS drivers. Did you know those dudes don't have air conditionings in their trucks? Yeah, that big brown box drives around bacon in the summertime, and a lot of drivers end up having heat stroke and all kinds of crazy stuff. There's TikTok videos of dudes cooking cookies on the dashboard of their freaking trucks. Well, they finally caved during recent contract negotiations with the driver's union, and they're now gonna put air conditioning in the UPS trucks. It's about freaking time. I drove around in one of those. It's crazy, man. Hot as balls in there. 
The Man Urge. Mantertainment with Stretch. Big 4-9, it is a stress show coming at you on a Thursday morning. Shout out to Hunter Lawrence taking a minute with us. We did not get a lot of time with the four, uh, 250 dudes after Thunder Valley. I don't know what was going on. I have a feeling they were wired in in a weird way. Internet not really working out there. And they did what they could do to get a city access at all. So shout out to Pro Motocross people. To Davy Coombs, that whole camp, for making it happen. We appreciate it. Little access is better than no access. Same thing with a little ass is better than no ass. So there you go. Right now, I'm going to get into my UFOs. Rage Against the Machine, wake up. Because I think we all got to wake up. I think as we are in this process of high-level people coming forward in the government to reveal really cool crap in the world of UFOlogy, it's kind of awesome, but then I got to tell you, there is some deep cover-up going on, some deep state cover-up going on on the two big stories that we have had. First, let's go to Las Vegas, where we got that family that's like, dude, a freaking spaceship landed in our backyard, and two 10-foot-tall aliens are standing there, and they called 911 because they didn't know what to do, and they were scared. The cops came and the cops were scared because about an hour before that call, the cops on their body cam footage had shot a big blue ball coming down from the sky. Well, here you go. NASA is chiming in, trying to discredit the Las Vegas story. I don't think these people were lying. I think something was in their backyard. NASA's planetary defense uh, officer named Lindley Johnson is coming out and going, oh no, that big fireball that was observed in Las Vegas? Yeah, that was a meteor. Yeah, we tracked it. And it was very high up in the atmosphere. There's no way that came down in Las Vegas. It just was seen from Las Vegas. And it did not fall in anyone's backyard. Yeah, well, last I checked, effing meteorites don't contain 10-foot-tall effing aliens, you douche nozzle. So how are you trying to put a gag on a story that's got that many eyewitnesses? You've got freaked out police officers. You've got photo from police officers. And now you've got some government agencies showing back up at that house to put cameras on the roof that are very expensive. So you are full of crap. Miss, miss or mister, I don't know if Lindley is a boy or a girl, but uh, uh, Johnson, you are full of crap. And I hate NASA. I think NASA is guilty mofos in this whole thing. And once everything comes out, once we get full disclosure, I think NASA should be disbanded. We should get a new agency to deal with this stuff. Let's just hand it over to freaking Elon Musk people or something. At least somebody that's honest. Yeah, these guys are full of crap. So that's one cover-up story that I'm not digging. Here's the other one. The guy that came forward this week or last week from the Aero program within the Pentagon, a very highly decorated combat pilot named David Grush. He is now getting picked apart, and, and they've been coming after him since he came out. And this guy, they did a smart thing. They learned a little bit from Lou Elizondo. They know the playbook of the Pentagon and the government and the higher-ups that want to close this. And what they do is they say that person's never in the military. That person never served. They did not work at the Pentagon. They did not work on this committee. And they wipe you clean. And then there'll be some person's like, no, I worked with that guy. No, that guy was at the Pentagon. And they're like, yeah, no, it doesn't happen. 
and they go around and put threats and gag orders on all their people. So this guy very much established he was definitely a member of the Arrow program within the Pentagon before he came forward. He also resigned and then came out and said it's better for the greater good to divulge all of the lies that the United States government has been keeping from the people and how much they've been lying to not only Congress, but the American people for a very long time. And you're seeing the media playing along because the media is the lapdog of the government and the, uh, especially the left-wing government, they, they do whatever they say. They're, oh, what do you want us to do? Okay, can we uh, suck your balls while we're at it, please? And they say yes, so they let them. And now we've got people coming out saying, none of this is true. None of this is true. This guy who worked on this committee, this guy who said he presented a ton of evidence to certain people within the Congress that have the right clearance to see the evidence he had, but he wouldn't show it to any papers, which is respect. I know he's he's staying true to being a great American soldier and a, a loyal American. He's not trying to divulge classified information to people that aren't uh, qualified or proper security clearance level to view it. All right, cool. So this is what the Arrow program is now coming out with this week. They say to date, Arrow has not discovered any verifiable information to substantiate claims that any programs regarding the the possession or reverse engineering of extraterrestrial materials have existed in the past or exist currently. And this is from a person at the Department of Defense who says, uh, uh, Mr. Grush believes that the U.S. has a disinformation campaign about the information that he is alleging, and they say they're not doing that either. Oh, of course not. So this guy is now perjuring himself to Congress so that he can go to jail because he wants to make up a great UFO story with no proof whatsoever. This guy now, uh, Grush, they followed back up with, and Grush is like, look, I am not a disgruntled employee. He said, I resigned on my own accord because I thought altruistically it's more appropriate to show leadership from the outside. I I don't think this guy's lying. Now, was there a chance the government was effing with this guy to see what would happen? Maybe they knew he might leak it. Maybe they thought he would leak it. And that's when they planted bad info on him. I don't know. That much I do not know. It is an insane, crazy story. And it's weird that the government is not backpedaling, but denying, 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 which is what they've always done about UFOs. Roswell, oh no, they and they said it was a UFO, and then they came back and said, no, nah, it's not a UFO, it was a weather balloon. Yeah, it's very easy to confuse a giant Mylar balloon with an effing extraterrestrial spaceship. Especially if you're a military guy that should know a thing or 12 about that crap. So I'm not buying it. The government's in full cover-up mode. Nothing has changed. The only thing is they are addressing it because they had to after the leak in 2017 and the New York Times story that got people interested in it. And for the first time, the media addressed it with respect as a real news story rather than a crackpot, psycho, fringe UFO enthusiast BS that they always do. 
and a lot of news outlets are still addressing it as that. And a lot of people are addressing the Grush story like that and saying, oh, now he's saying the the Vatican was involved. And now he's saying they're trying to make it look ridiculous so that we'll move on and stop talking about it. Well, I'm not going to do that. You can suck my balls. I'm going to stick to this freaking story like a pit bull on a bone. And I think everyone should stick with it as well. So just know the government's doing what the government does, lying through their effing teeth to the American people. I'm Stretch. They can suck my big old hairy balls. It's the Big 49. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Big announcement coming from our friends over at the World Supercross yesterday. They have signed legendary Chad Reed. That's right, Mr. CR22 himself. He will not be racing. He is joining them to help develop the sport, help them design tracks, and do a hell of a lot of behind-the-scenes broadcasting. They say doing pre-tape features with riders and things on the track, etc. So the World Supercross is stoked to have Chad Reed, and that should be pretty cool. That dude is a living legend, and he will definitely contribute nicely this summer to the World Supercross. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now big 49 it is the stretch show and right now i got a weird ass story for you uh, let's just tell you getting a little tsl code blue a song that we once upon a time used to play on the big 49 and then one day i heard it and i laughed hysterically and then called motorman and said why the f are we playing uh code blue like, I get we can play music uncensored the way it's meant to be, but that song's particularly about effing dead people. And I'm pretty sure sponsors have a problem with that. It was We were getting complaints about us swearing from sponsors, let alone, you know, a song about effing dead people. So, I uh, love TSOL, but we don't play that song anymore just because we were getting crap for it. And I got to cave at some degree to pressure to try to make money to keep the lights on at the 49. So let's get into this story that kind of fits this song. A New Hampshire couple has been indicted by a grand jury for selling stolen body parts. Mr. Cedric Lodge was the morgue manager for Harvard Medical School. Last month, he was fired. A federal indictment accused him of stealing human remains from the school and selling them to people in multiple states from 2018 to 2023. There you go. You dedicate your body to science. Well, they let the science kids use it. And then this guy'd be like, you know what they need? They need a, an arm and a leg. They need a torso. And he'd chop you up and sell you. He was making a ton on the black market, if you will, of selling dead bodies. That's awful. Uh, so here we go. He would sell dissected portions of donated cadavers, including heads, brains, skin and bones all that was used by the Harvard Medical School students yeah the the Harvard Medical School has come out and called him uh, an, an abhorrent betrayal it's an abhorrent betrayal lover 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 oh. Cedric took the remains to his home after he would get him out of the school and his wife would help him sell them sometimes they even ship them U- <laughs> United States Postal Service the people in other states. No comment from him or his wife as they left federal court on Wednesday. 
They both were released on personal recognizance bail. He was hired in 1995 to the Harvard Medical School. He took two leaves of employment within the last few years, probably to go on vacations for all the money he was making off of the freaking body parts he was selling. I heard another horrible story this week. Like, I am not an organ donor, never would be an organ donor. I don't even want to know what they do to bodies. And I heard someone saying that someone in their family had dedicated their body to science. You think, oh, cool. Well, they're going to take their organs or whatever and use them for transplant or save someone's life. That's what you think you're doing when you sign up to be an organ donor. And they're like, they found out somehow that their loved one who had died and donated their body to science, that they basically took the body, put it in a Humvee, and then blew it up with a landmine to see what it would do. Like, uh, they were experimenting with that. I know, granted, you're helping save troops, but I think they should be a little more honest with what they're going to do with your dead loved one's body before the fact. And these people didn't find out, so they'd blown their loved one to smithereens afterwards which is not cool at all, and and this family was really upset. I bet you'd be really upset, too, if you thought, hey, the same thing, and then, oh, no, uh, I'm getting parted out and sold by some douchebag that is like a freaking janitor for the Harvard Medical School. Man, stealing body parts and selling them. Freaking crazy. What how he got caught. I wonder who got him. You know he was making mad bank, because... Human body parts are hard to come by unless you're a serial killer or a psycho or both. All right, coming up next, let's talk TikTok, what a guy did. And I think that there should be some sort of repercussion. I, and the way he did it was so dramatic, over the top, just bullshit. I expect Ryan Seacrest to be hosting a show about it. Like, it's that kind of cheese dick. And like this guy put people through some crap and I think should be held accountable for the trauma he imposed on his family. We'll talk about that one right after we talk to Aaron Plessinger from the Red Bull KTM team. Big, big, big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Colt Nichols is not racing the outdoor season this year. Instead, he decided to go over and do the World Supercross, which is weird because he just finished a season aboard the HRC Honda team where he won Rookie of the Year in the Supercross. And then he's like, I'm out for outdoors. And Honda's not going to play that, so he's not riding a Honda, and he won't be back on Honda anytime soon, I got a feeling, because the latest photos I just saw all over the Instagram, Colt is currently training, getting ready for the World Supercross, which kicks off July 1st, and he's doing it on a Kawasaki. He's team green through and through now. So shout out to Colt Nichols. I think he is definitely going to be one of the big dogs in that 450 class this year, and I can't wait to find out. I'm Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 49. It is a stretch show, and I honestly believe we are at the end of Western civilization. Like, it's it's ridiculous. People have lost their effing minds. The crap people will go, the, the extent people will go to to get some clicks on social media is insane. And don't get me wrong, it's fun to act like an idiot and make videos. I'm not knocking that. I'm knocking stories like this dude this is a story about a dude in belgium and let me tell you how he felt first uh he felt like he basically uh felt betrayed by his family he said what i see in my family often hurts me 
And I don't ever get invited to anything family function-wise. Most of my relatives I don't even see, and we've all grown apart, and I feel very unappreciated. Well, it's like you're someone's wife. You're like, really? Because I'm just trying to put food on the effing table. Shut the F up. How about you shut up and let me just work? That's what it sounds like. But no. So what do you do? What do you do in that situation? You're a dude, by the way. This isn't a chick. This is a dude. And he lives in Belgium. His name is David Barton. He's 45 years old. Shout out to the people listening in Belgium, too. I know people are down with the big 4-9 in Belgium. A lot of moto heads over there that like the 4-9, like the moto, the rocket, the extreme. And if you are uh, David Bartain, I do not uh, approve of what you did. So I told you he feels unappreciated, unloved, uninvited, and he's just bummed out about his family. So what he decided to do and document the whole thing on his TikTok is have his wife and his kids basically post social media posts and say that he had died. So here he is. He said, I'm dead. His daughter wrote a long post saying, you know, how sad she was that her father had passed away and that they were having a funeral. So you're like, okay, that's a little crazy. And this is where this is where he lost me. I'm like, so far, sick joke. I'm I can be down with that. But then they have the funeral, the family members are all there, and then he shows up all grandiose in a helicopter and jumps out and is like, ha ha ha, I'm not dead. Hey, seriously? And he says he did it to teach his family a lesson, not for the TikTok clicks, even though he documented the whole thing on TikTok. He did it to teach his family a lesson that uh, basically they should have a life lesson that they should all, shouldn't wait till someone's dead to meet up with them. He's been wanting to meet up with family members for years and it feels like they're blowing them off. And he says, and then he's, now he's even butthurt that only half of the family showed up to his funeral. So you do this big, I'm dead, I wanna watch everyone suffer. And then they all come back and say, uh, yeah, I'm not going to that, F that guy. And then they don't show up. So here's what's funny. Now you're not going to get invited to a whole lot of crap because everyone in the family thinks you're dead. The ones that didn't come to the funeral just assume you're dead now. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know what the, why the helicopter was needed for his, quote, dramatic arrival at his own funeral. Dramatic arrival with a cameraman in tow. And I tell you, if Ryan Seacrest would have jumped off the helicopter with him, I, it would have been time to just punch that guy in the nuts. Yeah, I, I don't get this. I, I don't get this. See, here's a thing. You call your family and say, hey, you know what? We haven't done anything in a long time. I really would like to see everyone. Let's have a family reunion. And you get with some other people in the family, and you plan one. And the ones that want to show up, show up. And the ones that don't, don't. And you move on. And you stop being a little bitch, a little TikTok bitch about it. Dude. Seriously? You flew to your fake funeral in a helicopter to surprise your relatives? Seems like you're showing off a little bit because helicopters aren't cheap. Maybe they didn't uh, show up to your funeral because you're the kind of douchebag that would fake his own death and then show up in a helicopter to say, look, ha I taught you all a lesson. You all should want to hang out with me. No, no, we don't want to hang out with you because you do crap like this, you douche. Yeah. Anyway, that is a weird story, and I really think there should be some, like, we should come up with laws for internet use. 
that if you do crap like that to traumatize somebody, because believe me, somebody was very upset about it. You don't ever want to see someone die. Even if it's a family member you don't like, you don't want them to die. Yeah, there needs to be repercussions for your BS social media behavior. I'm going to find a reason to prosecute Moto Man. I don't know what he's... He's doing something over there in the Big 49 Facebook account. I'll figure it out. I'll get him. Don't you worry. All right, coming up next, let's do a What the Florida. Just because it wouldn't be a stretch show without a What the Florida. This one's just a typical Floridian freak. We'll get into it. Coming up in moments on the 49. Big, 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 the Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Looks like things may finally be coming around for the pro motocross outdoor season because yesterday I saw a video of Mr. El Hombre himself, Jason Anderson, who rides for that Pro Circuit Kawasaki team, and he is back on the bike. Remember, he broke some vertebrae in his neck, did not require surgery. He's just been resting and on the mend and sitting at home with his brand new baby girl, and now he is back on the bikes as he is chomping at the bit to get back on the track and that is really good news the more superstars we get back to the sport the better it will be this summer i am stretch another moto minute brought to you by lbz is coming up one hour from now big four nine it is a stretch show on a thursday you know what it time it is time for a fist full of florida bitches we'll talk about a voodoo child that's what we're gonna do a voodoo child in florida I, this story's written weird, and I can't figure out who this kid did this to because I'm thinking it was a family member, and in that case, it would be a parent, and I would be, how did you not beat the living piss out of this kid? Kid, I'm talking about Palm Coast, Florida. His name is James Colasanti, and he's 19 years old. You're like, wow, Stretch, what did that kid ever do to you? Well, he didn't do anything to me. But if he'd have done this to me, I'd have whooped his ass. I know that. He's sitting in jail now, and he's got multiple charges because, well, he's an idiot. They say, so I don't know. I don't know if it was a roommate because he said someone in his home, he asked them at the apartment complex that he lives in if someone would give him a ride to GameStop. And the person said no. At which point, he pulled out two knives from his bedroom and he threatened to kill that person. The person then fled because they were scared. This psycho had two knives out. And he ran into the kitchen. Well, the guy ran after him and threw a knife at him and then realized he'd effed up and took off. So that's what I, I don't know. Was it a mom or a dad or a brother or a sister? Was it a roommate? It does not say. It just says, a person in the home, he asked to take him to, he asked him to drive him to GameStop. You're 19 and you can't drive or you don't have a car? Made me think it was a parent. But anyway, the guy or girl or whoever it is says no. They throw the knife at him. Then Mr. Colasanti takes off from the scene. Well, they follow him to see where he went because they're calling the police because they're like, he's flipped his mind. He's going to kill me and he threw a knife at me. So they call the sheriff's department there in Florida. And uh, the Flagler County Sheriff's Office, they roll up and they see him running to the Flagler Palm Coast High School nearby. Well, it's summertime. 
so we're fine. No, it's not. It's summertime, but they're having summer school. So this dude, who is still armed with a knife, has now climbed a fence and is now on the property of the high school. You know what that means? Summer school's in session. We got a school lockdown going on. And now you got popos coming from everywhere. Not only did you throw a knife at a person, which I'm sure is at least assault, but now we've got another person uh, that's uh, spotted you onto the high school campus and the 5-0 rolls up and they start searching for you. Now, this idiot knows the 5-0 are there and looking for him. So he hides out on the campus and they find him hiding in a storage container. And when they catch him, he's got two knives on him still when he was arrested. Here's what I love, though. Uh, these sheriffs in Florida will give, like, cool statements. And uh, this sheriff comes out and they interview. They're like, you know, Sheriff, what happened? And he said, doesn't get any more pathetic than this. He ruined his future over video games. Luckily, nobody was hurt, and our deputies arrested him quickly before he could try to hurt anyone else. This is another reason why having a school resource deputy on campus, even during the summertime, is so important. But we got the bad guy, and he's going to go to jail. So, I love it. He said, uh, the, the sheriff goes on to say, uh, if you can't control your anger, you need to get some help. Well, you're going to end up at the Green Roof Ridge. <laughs> Roscoe P. Coltrane right there. Uh, Sheriff Roscoe P. Coltrane. Well, there you go. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. You're going to freak out and be a little bitch because someone won't give you a ride and throw a knife at them? I'm glad you're going to jail. That is a serious issue. And I don't know who he threw the knife at, but why they didn't beat his little bitch ass, I do not know. Can't be doing that crap. Also, in Florida, someone could shoot you for that, and that would be fine. His charges, by the way, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon and armed trespassing of a school campus, and he's in jail now on a $20,000 bond because he didn't have a car to get to GameStop. He damn sure can't pay $20,000 bond, so there he is, sitting in jail, sitting in the lockup. What is it the sheriff called it? The Green Roof Inn. Hey, hey, hey. There you go. Control your temper. Don't be a douchebag. Moral of the story. I'm Stretch. Coming up, final hour of the show, we will uh, rerun that, that Hunter Lawrence interview. And then I'm going to pack it up and get the F out of here and get ready for the Friday Spectacular. Plus the Last Chance Radio on Friday. I can't wait. It's the big 4-9. Oh, time to go home. I smell a lunch in my very near future. And it makes me happy. Fat man's gonna eat, even though I'm doing a like keto hybrid type deal where I'm not happy, not happy, but I'm happy that I'm sitting in a wonderful place and I'm around people that like me and people that want me to be there, and that makes all the difference in the world. Here's a little 411 to you. Uh, if you're the boss. Uh, don't try to nut up on people like you're a badass and threaten to fire them because they'll leave. They'll be like, well, if I'm going to lose my gig and lose this, I'm just going to go ahead and bounce. And well, I hope my boss is uh, suffering because it's 100% his fault that I rolled out of there. 100%. So there you go. Tell people they're going to fire them. It may take a month, six months, eight months. You, you pull that crap once with me and I'm done. 
Now, everybody at the 49 that I threatened to fire? No, I mean that. <laughs> you can go ahead and quit. <laughs> That's another thing. If you mean it, you mean it. Then you're going to like, all right. Yeah, don't posture up on me, bitch. Anyway, that is where my head is. I am ecstatic, and I am safe, and I am having a good life right now. So, things are good. 49 is rolling, rolling, and rolling. Motocross is getting exciting again. Some new additions this weekend that will definitely mix it up a little bit and make it more interesting. So, lots to happen. World Supercross getting ready to start. By the way, uh, hold on. I got I to gotta re- reset this music. We have been working on a deal with the World Supercross. We are going to do a deal where we're going to have the races on the big 49. And it's pitched and it's in and it's it sounds like it's a done deal. We're waiting on the final official, like we're a click away from saying, all right, it's go time, guys. Roll with it. We're very, very close. And we're working on this deal. We've been working on it for a while. And I'm stoked and I feel great about it. All right. Remember, we have a tendency to piss people off because we have a tendency to talk smack about people and say stupid things on the radio. Well, they just announced at the World Supercross that they signed a living legend, a guy that all of us really like, named Chad Reed, the Australian sensation, the original Australian sensation. And Chad Reed is awesome. And we all got to meet Chad Reed out at Pala last year, one of the outdoor races. And Kyle's all giddy like a schoolgirl going, Chad, can I take a picture? Can I take a picture? Which is such a dork move, but whatever. You're Kyle. Go ahead and do your Kyle be Kyle. And so he has Moto Man take it, to which Moto Man says, Hey, Grandpa Reed, let me take your picture. To the look on Chad Reed's face, not excited about that comment whatsoever. And Moto Man thought it was funny, and I'm like, Okay, there's a difference of talking smack about someone on the radio and saying it straight to the face. I appreciate the honesty, Moto, but Chad Reed did not appreciate the honesty. And if it screws up our World Supercross deal, punching Moto Man in the nuts on the air. I'm just telling you. Better not screw it up. Chad, I hope he forgot. I hope he doesn't have a memory to say, oh, those guys, wait a minute, they called me Grandpa Reed. Yeah, I'll, I'll punch you in the nuts, Moto Man, I promise. All right, I had to get out of here. Time to eat that lunch. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Big old Fat Friday Spectacular. Till then, God bless you all. And God bless the United States of America. Motor Man, I swear.